Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. I'll be your host for the hour. With us today, we have Dr. G. Lynette Reed, who's the author of Fixing the Problem, Making Changes, and How You Deal with Challenges. Today, Dr. Reed and I will be um, talking about in her book, and as well as kind of giving our audience an opportunity to respond to any leadership questions that you'd like to call in and um, receive some feedback on. So, um, Dr. Reed, as a starting point, just to kind of give our listeners a reference point of your perspective, would you please share a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I have been uh, working in this field probably for about uh, a little over 20, 25 years, and um, a lot of it started with looking at how people interact with each other, um, interpersonal communications, and then some of my studies went into organizational learning, uh, human capital management, uh, and then also a little bit with social and environmental sustainability, looking at how things connect in the universe and to each other. Okay, great. So what led you to write the book, Fixing the Problem, Making Changes and How You Deal with Challenges? Well, it started with um, I was doing some work in uh, with organizations looking at how they uh, empl- had employee engagement and how to get people to work better together. And um, the book was actually written as a manual that I would use whenever I was going into the organization so that people would have something tangible to look at and, and kind of uh, use to work through the process that was designed uh, for, uh, it was, it's a model that was designed for people to work on these issues. Okay. So when you think back and you reflect on the step-by-step process, the elements, the guidance that's um, provided in the process that you unveil, what do you think has the most impact or what has most impacted your own life? Oh, for myself personally, um, I, I think really what it is is looking at the whole process. Um, it, it started as one or two ideas, and then what happened was I was actually doing research for my dissertation and uh, kept looking at uh, how uh, spirit is involved with in- engagement and how, how do we interact with each other and how do we work as a society. And um, and as I was kind of going through this process of learning and, and gathering information, um, I was starting to see things in my own life that, that fit in with some of the things that I was learning about. And and I kind of used myself as the first human guinea, guinea pig to make the uh, to make the model. I, I call it. It's it's kind of a an organizational model that helps people learn how to to uh, you know find this place where they're connected to others, to the universe, to themselves in a way that um, actually can help them be uh, more efficient, uh, more authentic, things like that. Okay, so I have to just pause a moment and ask you, what was your dissertation? Um, it was actually looking at the role of uh, spirituality in organizations. How do uh, how do people interact together, um, and and how do they work together? And it actually started a little bit uh, at a religious context. I was doing some 
uh, studies within a church organization. Uh, but then I had a friend of mine who was the president of a uh, title company, and I was actually working, talking to her from a spiritual uh, concept, and uh, she said, you know what I would love to see is a way to include this model into my work environment. So that was kind of my first uh, you know, business uh, meeting, and so we actually got together, and I took the model and turned it into a business model, so that uh, we could work with our employees and uh, and and kind of find a way to to use utilize that model within a business structure. And it's kind of just taken off from there. Now I've done work with um, nonprofit, allied health, uh, business, uh, school districts. Um, and uh, even government uh, it was, is actually one of the bigger ones right now. Yeah. So I'm curious as to how you define spirituality, because when you talk about that piece of the thread before <laughs> we kind of move into the culture and the ethics, it, it'd be nice just to understand how you're defining spirituality. Yeah, that's a toughie because, uh, you know, you read a lot. There's actually a whole bunch of uh, discussions out there. If you go Google it, um, you're going to see all kinds of discussions. And the way I have kind of looked at it from the, the, the background research I've done is that I tend to look at it from the perspective of if you look at kind of loosely speaking, uh, spirit is breath. And so the question I ask is, you know, if with every breath you take, how are you choosing to uh, engage other people, engage the universe, engage yourself in a way that makes you at peace with yourself and then with other people. And so even though a lot of people might align it with the more religious context, which you can, you can also say for people who are not wanting to look at it from the religious context or, or organizations who can't, that you know there is a vocabulary out there that says, here's a way to be a spiritual being that allows you to take that into a workplace setting even if you're not going to engage in a discussion about the faith or, or the, the religion that you use for the basis of that. Okay, great. Thank you. So in your book, uh, Dr. Reed, where you, um, you, know, you talk about the integration of spirit, of culture, and ethics, what is it about or how do these three, uh, these three things integrate? Because you talk about it as... Um, these three things really helping to create a stronger community and greater effectiveness as a leader. Tell us a little bit about that integration and about those three components. I use the, the those three components are actually kind of the broader picture. Um, whenever I first started looking at this model, I was looking kind of at the big picture of it. And so these kind of became the three components that kept emerging, you know, every time I would meet with somebody or talk to an organization, these kept kind of coming to the forefront. And so when I'm talking about culture, what I'm talking about is kind of, if you're looking at it from the, the, the root of to cultivate, it's what you're choosing to cultivate in your, your organization. And I think in a lot of ways it fits with businesses in that you're talking about branding or corporate culture. You're kind of saying, okay, what do I want to cultivate and how do I want to make my organization intentionally be something that is going to mirror, you know, what I'm trying to do here. So that would be the culture component. Mm -hmm. The ethics, you know, I think kind of goes without saying that 
if you have a, a good ethical model for your organization, then that's going to help you stay on the right track. And, and, and a lot of times when I'm talking about ethics, I think there's actually two parts to that. There's part one, which is the manual that's about, you know, three inches thick that nobody really reads, but it's, you know, the, the one that you have to have in order to say, yes, we're an ethical company or an ethical organization. But then the other one is the ethics that are inherent or kind of a visceral part of the organization that uh, if you have an organization that uh, allows certain behavior to happen, whether or not it's in the book or not, then you're talking about an ethic that you have to look at for not only the organization uh, as a community, but also for each person within the organization. Do they all define the ethics the same way? Um, and the it's final like one a is collective your, moral compass. It's, it's, as it sounds like almost like a, a collective moral compass. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind mm-hmm. of one where, you know, each organization has to define it for themselves individually because mm-hmm. there's going to be a little bit of uh, variation between organizations. I mean, you know, there's a the broad spectrum look at it, which everybody would say, yeah, ethics, moral code, but we all really were raised very differently, so our moral compasses are very different based on how we were raised. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of look at that part of it also to say, okay, can we all agree that these are the definable ethics that we're going to follow in this organization? And then the last one is spirit, which is, I, I like to call it in the business world, human potential. It's, you know, the, what, what does each person have within them that makes them capable of doing the best that they can do in a given organization or uh, with, with their certain talents? So, and they all kind of work together. You know, you have to have the culture, the ethics, and the spirit kind of all moving together in, in a synchronized way. I love that. So we have the, the human potential being, being very uh, focused and purposeful about what they're cultivating within the organization and making sure they're using a collective moral compass to stay on the right track. Right, yeah. Love I, it. Okay. I think I would put the spirit almost as part of employee engagement. How are you engaging your employees in a way that they feel value and recognize their full human potential? Mm-hmm. Okay. Very, 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 very nice. I, I, uh, that resonates quite well. So um, in your book, Fixing the Problem, you identify mission statement, words and actions and beliefs and reality as essential elements for individual leadership development and for overall organizational wellness. Can you say more about each of these elements? Uh, these are actually, I would say, probably the most important takeaways from the book. Um, when Anytime I work with an organization or even a person, uh, I actually start with these three elements because what I'm finding more and more is that organizations and people who use these three elements within the work that they do actually find a a, a very strong way to be authentic and to be efficient and to cut down a lot on um, conflict within the organization. And so I'm going to kind of give you a brief overview, although, you know, obviously in an hour we can't go over the whole process because sometimes the process takes anywhere up to a year to establish within a person and organization. But um, generally speaking, uh, the personal mission is the first one. And what I'm really talking about there is, if, if, if people want to kind of go through them with me, is 
Um, if you take a piece of paper and you write three adjectives that define who you want to be as a person, and they have to be ones that are behaviors that you can control. So it can't be like, I want a new car or I want, you know, to be happy because, you know, sometimes we can't really control if, whether we're well, happy or three not. three adjectives. Say that again, three adjectives. Yeah, three adjectives, like friendly, helpful, efficient. And you said these are three adjectives that, that yeah, what? Per, I'm sorry? And you said these are three adjectives that define or that that describe um, what was it? I just missed the sentence that you oh, said. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, that each person would pick or an organization would pick for who they want to be as a person or as an organization. Right. So you have to think kind of deep down a little bit on this one. This is kind of a, one of the more deeper thinking things you have to go through is to think to yourself, okay, as a person, who do I want to be? And, and what adjectives am I going to pick to define who I want to be and how I want to present myself to the world? Okay, and so, so that would Reed. be like I, I pick, I want to be efficient, I want to mm-hmm. be friendly, and I want to be helpful. Okay. And then you can we are going to actually have to um, move to a commercial break. So sure. what I'm going to do, Dr. Reed, is have you put a comma right there, and I'm going to have our listening audience just think about that with regards to who do they want to be as it relates to who they are as an individual or that collective organization. And then we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters and have you finish talking about the mission statement and then move to these other essential elements. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. 
If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Before we went to break, we had uh, Valerie sharing with us one of those um, essential elements, the mission statement, and describing with us kind of like what she would do to push someone into this space of really thinking more about their personal mission um, on an individual or uh, organizational level. Um, Valerie, why don't we invite you to pick up that conversation? And um, Valerie Wright is also on the line. Valerie, are you? Yes. Have, Hi. Uh, good evening, Dr. G. Good. Good afternoon. And Valerie, can we have you share with our listening audience before before Dr. Reed um, continues? Can we have you share our call-in information, our email information, so that our callers can also know that the lines are open? Yes. The number to call is one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero, or you can also email Doctor G at Innovisions dot org, and that's Dr. G at Innovisions dot org. Wonderful, thank you, Valerie. Thank you, Doctor G. Okay, and um, so Doctor Reed, back to you and just have you kind of pick up with those three essential elements. Okay, yeah, we were talking about the uh, personal mission, so if everybody had a chance to kind of think about that over the break. Um, one of the things I also ask people to do as they pick those words is to make sure they have a kind of a working definition of the, the, the words because really if you think about it, everybody has a little bit different picture of what it means to be compassionate or friendly or helpful. And so really making sure that you have some clarity within yourself as to what that word means for you, kind of have a definition of it. And that is going to be the foundational part of everything that you basically do in your life. And so... Um, and obviously there's there's more to the process, but this is just, like I said, kind of the starting point with it. Um, I absolutely love that starting point because it's about becoming intention, intentional about, you know, getting that vision of who we want to be and then having those guiding words to um, then begin to um, perhaps align our, our behavior. Right, exactly. That you know, that's exactly what it's it's designed to do is kind of give you a reference point if you're having a bad day or if you're you're kind of feeling off centered, it gives you a place to go back to to kind of say, Okay, who do I want to be as a person? How am I going to respond to the universe or to people who are being complicated uh in a way that's gonna match these these words that I have chosen. Wonderful. Yeah, and that kind of throws us into the second one, which is uh, words and actions. And um, a lot of times what I'll ask people is, um, if you were to look at a person's words and actions, which ones probably tell you the true nature of where they are uh, inside of themselves, word or action? Ah. And your response would be... uh, what would you think? I would say action. Exactly. Uh, yeah. If you, uh, words are really <laughs> very good. Important yeah. too. Well, so far it's been a hundred percent. So you know, I keep hoping it'll stay that way. That uh, uh, most, uh, almost everybody, or actually everybody, I've asked that question to has said that. 
And so when you think about it, if if you say, I want to be efficient, friendly, helpful, um, then your actions have to kind of follow along with whatever words you've chosen if you're going to stay authentic. So when you're faced with a challenge or something is, is complicated or a person is um, giving you uh, some issues, <coughs> pardon me, it gives you an opportunity to kind of redirect yourself and say, okay, I need my actions, whatever I choose to do in this situation, I'm going to use my actions to back up these words that I've chosen as my personal mission. So if you've said you want to be friendly, but then you, you know, start yelling at people a lot when you get frustrated, <laughs> it, it doesn't quite fit the, the, the foundational elements of what you're trying to do. So you have to really start looking day to day about how you're responding to things that are going on in your your day-to-day life. And and this is kind of the way that you always get back to that personal mission is to say, okay, are my actions matching these words that I've chosen to be my focal point for how I want to be? Wonderful. Love it. Mm -hmm. And so so that's the the first two. And, And the last one is actually a little more complicated, I think, for a lot of people to get, at least that's been my experience when I've worked with people, is um, a, a counselor friend of mine once told me that the further away your beliefs are from the observable reality, the more distressed you're going to become. <clears throat> and so, okay, now you have to repeat that one more time. Sure. Uh, he said, the the further away your beliefs are from the observable reality, the more distressed you're going to become. Mm-hmm. So, okay. if you're feeling frustrated or angry or hurt or, you know, any one of those emotions, normally what that's telling us is that um, we're, we're, we're probably thinking, perceiving, or believing something that doesn't match what's observably happening. And to, to give you a great example, this is one that has happened uh, quite a number of times over the years, is if you've got two people sitting in a meeting and one person is kind of frowning, and another person looks over, and that person who's frowning looks at the second person with a frown on their face. A lot of times, um, why don't we call John the guy who's frowning and Bob the guy who's looking, make it a little easier. <clears throat> John frowns at Bob, and Bob thinks that John is mad at him because he's frowning. Well, the, the belief is on Bob's part is that John is mad, but really all John is doing is frowning. And what I find a lot of times is that really what, what John is frowning about is he's thinking. And so unless we know for a fact, because John has said, I'm mad, we, we can't really assume that, that the frown equals anger or at somebody. And so imagine the, the conflict that can go on just from one person frowning at another person in a meeting because they're thinking about something. You know, I, I've seen it where people are almost at blows with each other because one person thinks the other person's mad at them from the frown, and so the other person uh, will say, you know, well, if he's going to be mad at me, I'm just going to stay away from him. And then the other person thinks that the second person's mad at him, so it just becomes this back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so I think, to me, one of the things you have to really look at when you start to feel that emotion of anger or frustration or any one of those 
is you need to kind of redirect yourself to say, okay, what is it that I'm thinking or believing that's away from what's really happening here, and how can I focus on the reality, the observable reality, and just kind of take those emotions and set them to the side for a while while you deal with whatever that reality situation is. And then you have to do that by matching your actions to your words that you chose from your personal mission statement. <laughs> so it becomes kind of a cyclical thing where, right. you know, one thing happens mm-hmm. and then you have to monitor your words and your actions based off of your personal mission. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love it. I, and I, and I, I do like the looping and the um, tying it back together. The, um, hmm, the beliefs and reality. So in this space, are we saying that that we're testing to ensure that our beliefs are consistent with reality or in a nutshell what are we actually saying in that in that phase Dr. Reed for the beliefs and the reality uh-huh. uh, yeah what we're wanting to do is align our beliefs with the reality okay so we, um, okay yeah, so if, you're, if, if your beliefs are, or your perceptions are aligned with reality or the observable reality, then um, most of the time people are not going to be as frustrated or upset because they can look at it and say, oh, I recognize that John frowns when he is, to give an example, John frowns when he's thinking, so therefore he's just thinking, so we'll let him you know, sit over there and think and then we'll come back and talk to him you know, in a few minutes or, you know, there's a number of examples where uh, people have assumed something that based off of their own belief system mm-hmm. and it has become a conflict in the organization or with other people because of somebody's belief that something's going on when it's really not. Okay, so we're constantly then in this space maybe testing our interpretation of what's happening in the world around us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Kind of relooking at every time. And to me what I tell people is the indicator within yourself is what are you feeling emotionally? Mm-hmm. You know? And if mm-hmm. you can if you can go from the emotional, okay, oh, I'm upset, okay, I'm gonna put that away and go to the beliefs and reality, then you're kind of in this this loop. Now, what I do tell people also though is if they're really struggling to, to be able to put their beliefs in the reality um, together in alignment, and they can't do that, then a lot of times that's where counseling and and you know help in that manner can come in handy and kind of help people get into a place where they can uh, actually uh, align those two things. So yeah, kind of yeah, so kind of support that. Glasser's um, test for mental health, basically. I'm sorry. I said, yeah, it kind of takes me back to to um, William Glasser's, you know, the traditional test for mental yeah. health with regards yeah. to the three R's. If a person's lacking either responsibility, reality, or distinction between right and wrong, there's probably some help, some needed help yeah, in that mental exactly. health arena to kind of get refortified. Right. Yeah. So, so anytime I, I run across somebody who's really struggling and can't get that final mm-hmm. uh, element. Uh, I would refer them on to a counselor or some kind of allied health uh, practitioner who could kind of help them walk through that. Yeah, no, sounds great. Interested in seeing and hearing a little bit more from you, Dr. Reed, with regards to how each of these three elements can be integrated into one's life that um, in a way that, I mean, you can share has really benefited or had an impact in maybe some of the... um, examples um, in your own life or in others' lives. And then also, Valerie, I know you're on the line and you've been collecting 
emails um, from our listening audience. Want to get those in too. We need to take a short commercial break and then we'll look forward to coming right back with more on Leadership Matters, hearing more from Dr. G. Lynette Reed, our author of the day. Um, uh, Dr. Reed wrote the book, Fixing the Problem, Making Changes in How You Deal with Challenges. We're looking forward to hearing more, Dr. Reed, as well as uh, Valerie Wright, our associate producer, sharing the questions from our audience. Please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl G, and I bring you greetings again from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. With us today also we have Dr. Lynette Reed, author of Fixing the Problem, Making Changes in How You Deal with Challenges. And our associate producer, Valerie Wright, is also on the line. And Valerie, I want to invite you to, um, again, share to our listening audience the call-in information as well as the email, and then maybe share some of the questions that you've received. Okay. The number to call for, with questions is one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero, and you may also email to Dr. G at innovisions.org, and the email is dr.g at innovisions. And we, our first question comes from Tyler in California. And he says, many companies are working with stressful and uncertain work environments. 
People are stressed and experiencing great uncertainty, which is taking a tremendous toll on their interpersonal relationships. What can leaders do to create supportive work environments and relieve interpersonal pressures in the workplace? Mm. Dr. Reed, any thoughts that you can share with Tyler? Yes, definitely. Um, I think, to me, what I kind of always do is go back to the model. To what I have found over and over again uh, in working with people and organizations is when you when you have these three elements that I've been talking about, the personal mission, the uh, matching words and actions, and the alignment of beliefs and reality, if you're able to take those and, and put those into your workday, then what happens is, you take all of your energy that might go towards being worried or upset or or focused on the problems. It takes all that energy that you would maybe normally put into that and it moves it towards the more positive energy of how can I make whatever situation, regardless of how bad it is, uh, how does that? How do I keep that aligned with what I want to be as a person and and how I want to uh, to integrate the things that I want to be into this work environment regardless of what's going on. And I've actually seen, to give a couple of examples, um, people who were very, very upset with their organization. Uh, I, I would put it under three. Beliefs and reality were definitely not aligned. Um, they believed that they should be making more money or that the, the business should be going a different way. And um, they were so upset about the fact that those things were happening that they, they kind of lost track of everything else. And so whenever this person, and this is an actual person who I, I've just recently worked with, whenever uh, she was able to kind of step back from the things she was upset about, she was able to say, okay, all this bad stuff is going on, you know, especially when you're looking at how the economy is right now and, and, and the, the, the cuts and things like that. How do I take this situation, whatever it is, and, and turn it into something that's going to, to keep me on track? Because we can't really control everything that's going on around us. Um, we can only control our behavior and how we choose to respond to things. And so I think that organizations that kind of support this model and say, look, if we're going to be an organization that that has crisis because of economy or things like that, the one thing we can control is how we're going to behave and how we're going to choose to respond to each other and the world around us. And so since we do have a lot more control over that, let's at least keep that secure and strong so that when other pressures, whether they be external or somebody in the organization who's not following kind of what I'd say the rules um, is, is causing stress, the majority of the people can stay focused on, on this mission and this kind of this model. Um, it, what I kind of do sometimes is draw a little circle and say, okay, within this circle is the, the, the actions that we want to take and who we want to be as people so that we can make these adjectives that we've chosen be a living, breathing part of, of what we're doing here, right. and that way we're focusing on that. Right. No, and, it, and that's very, I think, consistent with some of the later models that I'm seeing used in leadership development training. I think one of the um, agencies that I have a pleasure of doing some subcontract work with as a uh, facilitator and executive coach is the Center for Creative Leadership, and they've adopted a model that they're using in their leadership development program 
from um, Power Systems that looks at doing exactly what you're talking about, Dr. Reed. And right. they talk about when stuff happens, it's very easy to get um, a natural human default reaction is to focus on the stuff, and the story about the stuff becomes the focus. Whereas if we can train ourselves to do as what you're kind of suggesting, and they call it say, staying really in that center ring or center stage um, in that centered space, so right. to speak, and really keeping our eye on the focus, increasing empathy with others around us and saying, how can I ease their condition and create a win-win so I can get what I need, they can get what they need, and we can both continue to partner and accomplish the vision so that the focus really stays on the vision. We acknowledge the stories because the stories very often are based in reality. That stuff happening. However, our energy stays moving toward the vision. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's mm-hmm. what those elements are for. Is Those three elements are kind of the nuts and bolts of saying, okay, how do we... You know, how do we do that in a nuts and bolts kind of way? One, two, three, do these three things, Mm -hmm. and then you can follow along with this this idea of how do we stay within ourselves and focused on those things, yeah. Wonderful. Tyler, hopefully that helps, and thank you so much for your question. Valerie, do you have another question from our listening audience? I do. I have a question from Norman uh, in California. His question is um, in the past few years, headlines have been inundated with stories where company executives have been indicted for various types of unethical acts. This has me wondering what it means to lead with ethics. How do you develop and lead with a high standard of truth and promote that within the organization? What is creating this trend of unethical acts? Mm-hmm. I, what I what I have seen a lot, just from my perspective, would actually go back once again, like I said, foundationally to um, the the elements. Um, when when I think about ethics, a lot of times what I think about is somebody whenever they say one thing, and then their actions don't match what they're presenting to the public. And so when you're talking ethics, a lot of times what happens is, although things may appear well through the branding or through, you know, what people are saying, in the background, um, a lot of stuff's going on that's not necessarily matching what they're saying as far as their branding. And so I would really put that at number two, that the words and actions are not matching. Um, I think one of the, the strongest things I've ever seen with um, with most of the organizations I work is the ones that will will really make sure that when they're when they say something or when they're they're putting the words out there that they make sure that the actions that they choose to do match that because that's when a lot of uh, there's kind of that fall from grace you know you think about um, uh, people who have had squeaky clean reputations in the forefront but then all of a sudden something comes out in a story of something that's really happening in the background and it really shocks people because they have this one picture of the person by their words and what the brand is and then their actions uh, in in their real life are not matching that. So I think mm-hmm. that's probably I would say the, the number one starting point for looking at ethics. Yeah, you know, and it kind of um takes me Valerie to conversations I remember having years back with another one of my favorite guests that we have on periodically on leadership matters it's um Larry Gartner. Yes. I can remember having conversations about character with him. Uh, many years back in my early years as an organization development consultant and 
doing a lot around this space of thinking about um, character being self-control plus values. And so having someone really think about, you know, what are your values? What do you value? And then do you have, will you exercise the self-discipline to guide yourself, to manage yourself in a way that's consistent with those values? And so, um, you know, just kind of going back to that core element of character and really challenging us to think about what are our values and um, and being self-disciplined around those things. Uh, Norman from uh, California, again, thank you so much for your question, and hopefully that gives you some food for thought as well. Valerie, any other questions from our listening audience at this time? I do have a question from someone who wants to remain anonymous from Virginia. Okay. And this question states, I was recently promoted to a lead position within my company. My new supervisor leads in a manner that clearly indicates she is unhappy in her position and doesn't want to be with the company. She rarely engages staff, rejects suggestions, and expects and expects team members to do what they're told. I'm doing my best to make this experience positive and continue to contribute in a positive way to the company. However, this is a very disappointing and frustrating position to be in. What are my options for addressing this situation? I don't think I can afford to go above her head. It might cost me my job. Wow, that's a difficult yeah. one. Yeah, to read yeah, that's any, a real any challenge. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, uh-huh. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. I'm well, I mean, I think here. that there's some self-empowering things that we can do to just help ourselves be fortified when we're dealing with um, challenging situations such as that. And then it's also exploring are there some safe spaces within the organization, be it um, HR, sometimes it's an option, sometimes there's an organization development space, sometimes they have employee assistance programs where the employee assistance program can at least support her in exploring safe options and if not um, a safe option to address the systemic issue that she's dealing with with her boss, um, at least fortifying herself to be able to um, cope with it and continue to be at her best despite the condition that she's living in within the organization. Um, Additional thoughts from yourself, Dr. Reed or Valerie? Valerie, anything do you want to add? Is she there? Uh-huh. Uh, Dr. Oh, Reed or okay. Valerie, anyone, either of you want okay. to add anything? Um, I would say, uh, yeah, that's a really difficult uh, challenge, um, especially if uh, it's mid-level management because on the one hand you're in a leadership role, but on the other hand maybe you're uh, – your boss or, or the people in the upper management are not really following this model that you're trying to put in place. And I've actually had that happen. It was actually a, a national organization where um, there was a mid-level person who was very, very frustrated with uh, this very same problem. And I think, once again, I always, I tend to always revert back to the, the three elements is you can't really control the behavior of the people above you, so you have to kind of make a decision within yourself how can you, can you follow your personal mission within this organization, and if not, how are you going to address that? And I think that's a question really you can only um, answer yourself, but what I would say as far as for dealing with it on a day-to-day basis as you you go through this challenge is to just make sure that your personal mission adjectives 
are very firmly in place and that you continue to make sure your actions match the words that you've chosen so that um, just within your little circle of, of control, you're able to at least maintain your energy into something really positive that you've set up for yourself. Um, and then also managing your beliefs with the observable reality. If, if the reality is that the boss uh, does not see uh, management the way you do, then that's kind of the reality. And so what you have to do is take that information and not get mad and frustrated about it, but figure out a way within your day to manage yourself so that you're keeping yourself true to who you want to be and your personal mission, but then also being able to say, okay, here's another day. I'm going to have to kind of do this cross work of keeping myself centered and keeping my personal mission in place and my actions in place, but mm-hmm. still recognize that the, that there's a, a universe out there that I can't control. Right, and right. Some people, yeah, some people end up staying yeah. at the job, and some people actually end up looking for another job. So I think that's right. where you have to kind of decide, can you do this within the structure you're in? Great. Thank you, Dr. Reed, and thank you so much from Virginia, the um, – the question, and again, that is a sticky space to be in. We need to take another um, short commercial break. When we return, Dr. Reed, I'm going to ask you to share a little bit about what you write in your book around choices and consequences and some final thoughts for our listeners. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Valerie, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us the questions from our listening audience. I want to give you an opportunity to give that call in as well as the email um, number again as and, uh, information. want to invite our listening audience, even if they don't call in today, to call in in the future and want them to also be able to email topics of discussions that they'd like to have us share on this open-air forum in the future. So, Valerie, could you give that contact information? Absolutely. That number to call is 1-866-472-5790, or they may send emails to drg at innovisions.org. That's dr.g at innovisions.org. And as you say, we, Valerie, you know we might have out Innovisions for them, too. I'm sorry? I think we might spell out Innovisions for them as well. Sure. Innovisions is I-N-N-O-V-I-S-I-O-N-S. Again, I-N-N-O-V-I-S-I-O-N-S dot org. Dr. G at Innovisions dot org. Right. Thank you. Because I realized we made up that word. <laughs> right. <laughs> so others may not know how we, had a, how we were spelling it. Thank you again, Valerie. So appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Good show. Thank you. Dr. Reed, we're going to ask you to share just a little bit about, you know, what can be learned from examining choice and consequences as you've written about in your book and how each person kind of connects with the world. Well, I think um, when I look at choice and consequence, a lot of times what I'm thinking of is uh, the choices between uh, reacting to something versus responding to it. Um, a lot of times whenever there's a, a crisis or a struggle or hard, hardship, uh, many times we kind of go into a reactionary mode. And whenever we do that, uh, it's kind of a choice we make that can lead us down a path where the consequences or have uh, wider implications for how we, you know, deal with ourselves uh, and other people, how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about other people. And so I think um, whenever you're coming up, especially now in, in these times, if you're coming up upon a struggle or a hardship or something like that, it's really easy to just say, oh, my gosh, the sky's falling, everything's horrible. But you can kind of say to yourself, okay, look, I've got a choice here I've got to make. Am I going to try to stay focused on this personal mission and trying to keep myself centered on on these things that I really have some control over, or am I just going to be reactionary and be angry and upset and frustrated and and spend all of my time on and energy worrying about that stuff and worrying about other people? And so you have to make a choice, and, and each one of those choices is going to have a consequence to how you feel about yourself and other people. Wonderful. Very good. And um, Dr. Reed, as we um, wind down our conversation for today, are there any um, other just final tidbits that you would share with us? And I also want you to uh, share any uh, references. Maybe we can state your your book again and, and your preference for where one might go to purchase it. And uh, if you have a website, please feel free to share that as well. So 
people can actually get follow-up information on today's topic. Yeah, there's actually a lot of references, and, and one of the one of the fun ways to do it is to just get on Google and and Google um, employee engagement or community building, um, or um, some people will even even look at it as uh, organizational learning. Um, uh, the, a, a good book that uh, they have out of MIT is called Theory U, uh, written by Otto Scharmer, and he kind of uh, talks about. This general idea, he's actually an economist, so he kind of looks at it from that perspective. But you can actually get free from his presencing institute a, the, uh, the kind of the executive summary of the Big Thick uh, Theory U book. And, and it, the executive summary, you can request it for free uh, online, or I think they even have it on a PDF version. And it kind of gives a nice little overview of, of his perspective of it. Um, there's also uh, the Fixing the Problem is on Amazon.com. You can get it uh, through there or Barnes & Noble, and it's actually on uh, Kindle version, too, so you can get it as the paperback or the Kindle version. And um, my website is uh, www.expectations-reality.com. Hello. Wonderful. You there? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Sorry, I apologize. We're having a thunderstorm here, so <laughs> yeah. So you kind of hear it all it's in, a little in the wavery whenever uh, whenever the, the the thunder hits. So uh. <laughs> no, but, uh, very good. Another uh, really that, good one um, is there's uh-huh. a uh, an, uh, on uh, the socialworkplace.com. They do have a, a great um, pl- uh, list of information about human capital and corporate culture. Uh, a lot of uh, Gallup poll. Uh, reports, uh, just to kind of throw out a few, uh, the lost productivity of actively disengaged employees cost the U.S. economy $370 billion annually. That's billion, B, uh, with Gallup. And then the other one is, is that um, engaged employees advocate their company or organization 67 against only 3% of the disengaged. So, and there's a bunch of statistics like that at that uh, social nose employee engagement statistics, and you can find that online. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I want to thank you, um, Dr. Reed, for coming on and sharing your expertise with us, sharing some of the content from your book as well as some other references that we can tap into. I think I've learned a lot, and I, I love your um your wording around, you know, just thinking about the whole human potential and spirituality in that way as well as being conscious and mindful about what we're cultivating and wrapping that up into our culture and then really making sure that we um, are mindful also about our ethical, um, one might say moral compass, and um, to stay on that right track. The personal mission piece, I think, is... um, is just so helpful, I think, in so many different ways to be able to have a uh, a vision to kind of pull us out of some of the day-to-day consequences that we find ourselves in. So I am um, encouraged, I think, by your words and um, am certainly also reminded of just how important it is to be mindful about how we want to be and also making sure that we choose actions that align with how we want to be and then move forward with also kind of staying realistic and grounded in our interpretation of the world around us so that we are aligning 
our beliefs uh, with reality. So this has been a fabulous conversation, and I um, very much appreciate you. Any final thoughts or words? Well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed visiting with you. And uh, if anybody does have any uh, further questions, they can feel free to email me. Uh, my email address is actually on the website, so they can uh, go there. Um, and then I also do a Twitter uh, that's called Expecta Reality. So if they want to go to that, it's um, E-X-P-E-C-T-A-R-E-A-L-I-T-Y. Fabulous. I, I do information off of there. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Dr. Reed. Uh, it has been a pleasure. And I uh, want to thank our listening audience for tuning in. Please join us next week on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.